Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and it has been a while because I was out of the country for three weeks, or two weeks I was out of the country, and then I took a week off, and I'm so glad I didn't have a Design Recharge the next day because I was totally in jet lag mode. I went to Italy, and it was great. I'm really glad to be back. This marks really the last of um, four years, the end of four years, so 365 days is today. Um, Blake, you are marking the end of my fourth year, and then next oh, week wow. will be year uh, five as it starts, and we have Von Glitschka on next week, so super excited Very about cool. that too. So I'm super excited that I had five, um, five years under my belt, so Blake, I'm glad you're helping me um, christen off the end of year four, I guess. So we're going to get started. Blake is one of my heroes. He doesn't know that. I don't know him super well. We talked um, a little bit at Creative South this past year and then um, really a little bitty bit, but I have followed him and I guess I stalk him probably, but he makes the cutest characters. And that's why I was like, I have the, a bunch of different names and we've talked uh, when we've uh, chatted online or mm -hmm something we've talked about the cuteness factor and and how you make things that are cute and i just really like your eyes are super wide and <laughs> they're just they're just super cute characters and i think it just seems like it comes effortlessly and so we're going to dig into that a little bit today cool. that's awesome but that's why i called it mining cuteness because it's like i just have this Im image of this little blake with your baseball cap down there in the in the cave and you're mining and these little characters come out of all Just these you coming know, out of the rocks yeah out of the rocks and they're <laughs> all awesome. super cute so we're gonna um we're gonna get started right now so awesome. like just in case somebody doesn't know, you do have your own studio, Jetpacks and Roller Skates. Yep. Um, and you never show your face. Like, I had no, no. idea what you looked like. I know. So, I When I went to Creative South and I, like, walked up to you and there was this I, – I, I always run into this problem where, like, I, I walk up to somebody and I'm just like, hey, my name's Blake. And then after maybe two minutes or three minutes of talking – uh, then it like clicks in or something like that. And they're just like, oh, are you like jetpacks and roller skates? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't put my face anywhere. That <laughs> that would probably help. But it, it is kind of uh, by design. So, yeah, he yeah. said he was looking for me. And I was like, oh, I mean, because I literally had been looking for you also. Of course, I didn't know what you looked like. I just thought you were wearing <laughs> a billboard with jetpacks and roller skates, hopefully. And um, so you said you were looking for me. Of course, I thought I was in trouble because I'm leading volunteers. I'm like, oh, crap. Mike sent somebody to find me. I'm doing something wrong. And then he said he was – He, you told me who you were. And then I knew who you were. Mm -hmm. I didn't need two minutes. I knew right then. I was super excited. So Very cool. you also work full-time at Shopify, not Spotify, mm -hmm. which I'm sure not I will Spotify. say later. Um, so but give people a little bit of your background about – where you came in to design and then where, you know, where your love for illustration and creating these super cute characters came from or where it started. Sure. Um, yeah. So like I, to be honest, I think like creating characters was kind of like something that just lived with me for forever. I, I remember even like as early as kindergarten doing like probably pretty violent for the age that I was at that that time but like little characters with like far too many guns and you know I'd read a lot of comic books or maybe not read at that point but looked at a lot of comic books so it was like the muscling dude with like a bunch of crazy guns and I remember I 
it's still very fond, but I gave the picture to my uh, kindergarten teacher at that time. And like shocked, but at the same time, I think not long after she kind of like approached my mom about like, like, this is crazy, but at the same time, uh, th- this is pretty awesome. Like, this is quite the, the imagination your son has. And my, my brother, who's six years older than me, actually drew a lot. He doesn't really draw at all anymore, but as a, like, you always look up to your, your older siblings, right? So I sit there. And I just mimicked almost like everything that he was doing. So that's probably where a lot of the violence came out because like (laughs) six years older, like that's when he's probably in his prime for, you know, the GI Joes and and like all those kind of awesome Saturday morning cartoons that maybe I wasn't privy to at that time. So uh, that's kind of where it started. And then I noticed very early on, there was like attention being brought to me because of me always wanting to create these like scenarios. I never drew that much um i guess i i never drew too many like characters that already existed mm. i i always wanted to create my own things which i guess it, it was intermingled a little bit but at the same time it was always about like i i always have this thing that i talk about where i love i love art and i love design and i love painting and i see the appreciation in it but if i wanted to see something realistic like I I could just look out the window or look beside Mm. me and I would much prefer like a world of my own like characters or like these cute little characters kind of surrounding me and that's that would be the the kind of cool world to live in at some point um and it I don't know it just it felt more interesting to create something out of thin air than to Mm. to just draw something that was in front of me kind of thing So. so have they always been cute uh, I think there's ebbs and flows. Like it, at one point, I probably like my high school years. I probably went more. I was really into skateboard art, uh, so it's probably a little bit more like demonic, more like metal album cover. And then as I uh, kind of, I don't know, grew up or found like because like you know when you're when you're in high school, they're like angst and and doing right. like crazy stuff. It's just something that's you're kind of like brought into but now as I've like maybe settled down or even the people that I uh, I guess aspire or are influenced by or even like I watch cartoons on a regular basis and I just love the the cute stuff with like uh, clever and, and crazy ideas behind it it's just mm-hmm. so bubblegummy and and fun to, it's that it's that uh it's like eating a sugary cereal that you can't like stop right it's right it's just so good all the time right so the cute so like with the style that you've kind of created do you have a date that when you kind of know that began or did you where you're you're no matter what the character's eyes were always small and kind of far apart which is a cute like one <laughs> of the factors i don't know that why that's a it. staple like once you take the <laughs> eyes you you kind of narrow them down and then just spread them apart by a few centimeters or something mm-hmm it uh, it's uh, immediately cute um no i i don't actually know i don't know when that struck but i i just it was something about just angling more towards going in like a cute direction it just felt more interesting to me to make things cute because like you can do when when you make something cute you can you can give it an axe yeah. <laughs> with like goop coming off of it and for some some reason there's just 
a level of interest there that is so so crazy to me because you're like wow this thing's adorable but why does it why is it wielding this this like war weapon and it I, it's just so much more interesting to me i don't know why so but kit is this like five years ago ten years ago i'd say within the probably like five years ago it kind of started to be more me like focusing on that look and feel so did you call it cute then because sometimes i think uh, maybe some men would have a little bit of problem saying that they draw cute things i would usually append a word like cute but gross cute but creepy <laughs> cute but like there there was a many many different like insert word here kind of situation but cute was always kind of the the foundation or baseline yeah so now you're okay with just cute because you have a kid and you're okay with drawing cute things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a softie. So like it, it, it's fine with me. I can say cute all day. It's I, I have a little <laughs> daughter and she walks around in, in these like little t-shirts that I've, I've helped make that have skulls and crossbones on them. And I'm like, that's adorable. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I noticed that your even your skulls are cute. They're, maybe it is that the eyes are far apart and they're in perfect circles or, but they're just mm -hmm. cute. You know, you're, you know how to kind of adjust the characters to it still be you. Cause I can always tell when it's you. That's, that's, I, that's awesome to hear. Cause sometimes I sit there and I, I draw like a whole I don't know, gamut of things and it looks so different to me from one piece to another and then I get told very regularly that like oh I know exactly when you've done something or when I when you've done a piece and I'm just like but this maybe this is like a vector creation and this one's like me using like an ink brush right and they're two almost like I guess they all have the same feel, but I, I intentionally try to do something somewhat different. <laughs> right. And I think you do have like there's one piece and I don't know if you have any of these pulled up or anything, but there's mm. one piece that is um, it, it's not super cute, cute factor, but really color wise, it's you because of the color and the line weights. Mm. Um, so it's still able to, but it doesn't have the kind of cuteness. It's like, um, I can't remember, but it was. I'll have to try to pull it up on Instagram mm. and uh, do I you know what was, I'm talking about? I don't know which one you're talking about, but I wish at the, the top of the screen we had a little cute counter. So every time we say <laughs> it, it just like dings, dings, dings. It just like skyrockets. Yeah, that would, that would be, that would be really <laughs> funny actually. Um, so did you, I, I have a question about jetpacks and sure. roller skates as I type it since I mm -hmm. going to Instagram. How did you come up with that? Uh, there's a, f a few origin stories that I've, I've somehow mashed into <laughs> one at this point. Um, but it, it originally started, this was back in my, my teenage days. There was a skate punk band, um, that was called the full blast and I loved their music so much. And they had this one song called, um, a jetpack and roller skates. And it was all about how the is emo type music. So like, it was all about how like this girl left him and if he only had a jetpack and roller skates, he could like get back to her. And I thought that that was great. And also my love of it, it this is where the mashup comes in, but I always loved out of all of the Looney Tunes characters, the Roadrunner and Coyote sketch. Mm. And I just, the, I, the absolutely insane ideas that the Coyote would come up with to catch the Roadrunner 
were just so cool to me. And one of the, the best ones was like, when oh, yeah. he thought it was an amazing idea to open up an Acme crate, pull out a jetpack, roller skates, and be like, well, this is obviously the solution to catch the Roadrunner. And I'm just like, oh, that's so crazy. And it's such a cool visual. So. Yeah. That is a cool visual. I didn't think about that. But yes, that one is one of the ones that is funny. And I remember that one also. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let me show you this one real quick. Uh, as since we're just still talking about. Um, all right, let's see. So this is one of Blake's pieces. Uh, and I'll show you yes. some other but this one isn't like super cute. But it has mm-hmm. the color and like your line weight that you I think is you. So I would still be able to pick this out as you. And just to give people, can you guys still see this? So this is his just yep. Instagram. So this is a different kind of line weight feel, but mm-hmm. it has <laughs> your kind of perfect circles, um, eyeballs and stuff like that. So I, I do think you have different styles because some it looks like you're doing totally on the computer and then some you're kind of doing. Um, yeah, I, I go back and forth all the time. It's, it's just kind of like always I'm, I'm on the computer all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to go in that direction. And then sometimes when I'm sitting in front of the television with my wife and we're watching one of the many amazing programs on Netflix, right. <laughs> um, my attention span is, is just, god awful so i sit there with a sketch pad and i have to be drawing while the tv's on all the time so but like this is one of the ones that i love i love this guy (laughs) and it you create this kind of scene with Mm -hmm. just a few lines and it's the the gradient behind him but he's clearly been up to something (laughs) and he shouldn't have been and he's popping up and he kind of got caught and he's like i'm cute i'm just gonna smile big (laughs) But um, and I hope you guys can see this. I'm not sure if you're able to see this stuff, um, and I need to check, co- go back. But this kind of gives you an idea of kind mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. And so you actually will post the the pen and inks, and then you'll post yep. the color when you put in. And so I love that you're giving us kind of that inside look. But some things I know that you've kind of started using the iP- the iPad Pro with mm-hmm. po- Procreate. Um, to kind of create some other things. I mean, this one's kind of different, but still color wise, I feel like it's you. Um, If, you know, it was like, which one doesn't, you know, um, if I was trying to pick out, I would, that wouldn't have been the first one. I would have been like, Oh yeah, that's Blake. But, (laughs) but like this guy, totally like he is, um, he, that he's hilarious. Yes. I love that one too. That's another one of my things that I just, I don't, I don't know why, but, um, I'm very much a dog person, which you may not ever think. But like ever since I'm I'm um, married my wife and we moved in and all that, she is not a dog person and she's never had a dog. And so I've I've just I've had cats now and th- I've just found that cats are the most interesting characters and how they just it's like they don't give an f about anything and right. they, they just like walk all over things or just like sit there and like decide to throw up in front of you. And it's like, <laughs> what is, what is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> and there's just this like no caring mentality. And so like, I, I love injecting cats into my work too, because there's now this new question that's like, what is the cat doing in there? Or like, you'll notice some of my skull people, I always have them like hanging yeah. out with the cat. Like it's the almost, cat's popping yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and and it's it's more of this like, 
what is the story here? <laughs> because like these skull guys have this cat sidekick and now like the adventures that they could go on, you could just like kind of imagine the, the craziness that might ensue. Or for instance, the cat with the, the, the pentagram on the ground and the, the candles lit up and you're just like, what is going on there? <laughs> yeah. I think that there's some um, relation. I think when, <laughs> Uh, we start the story, right? Like, what is that cat up to? And we know that cats can be like that. I know Josh Ash is here and he loves cats. And so I think he probably um, loves the the cat ones as well. So Amy just posted, click this one. I'm going to click this and see, oh, this guy. So let me do a screen share. This is the one that Amy loves. I love this one too. He's not my favorite. I'll show you my favorite. Um, but it is oh. that same sort of smile. And I mm-hmm. think um, as your daughter gets older, you'll probably also be inundated with things that she does like, oh no, she got in trouble. And it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Like you just can't not smile or it's hard. It will be hard to discipline her probably, but it's like, you've got to capture that idea. Yeah, um, no, I, that's totally true. She's, she's done a lot of it to date, but it's, it's very much, um, the, the wheels are kind of always spinning. <laughs> so, this yeah. this guy is my favorite. He's yeah. my absolute favorite. Look how cute he is with his uh, <laughs> uh, underbite. I guess I grew up with a bulldog, and so they usually have underbites, <laughs> yeah. and that's just super cute. So yeah, I and you'll see a lot of my my characters. I definitely do a lot of like furry monsters and stuff like that. Um, and I think that 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 stems from a love of. I just, I was always really into Jim Henson um, mm, yeah. growing up. And even like his later stuff are from the Henson company when uh, when he, the bear in the big blue house, do you remember that mm-hmm. show that came out? Like the, the character designs and like that kind of like frumpiness to them or like how they move, like their arms seem to just have, have <laughs> no bones in them. It's just... So interesting to me, this rubber band effect that is in a lot of these characters, too, because that's another story. I'm like, where are the bones? <laughs> like, <laughs> the um, cat's taking them. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's another the, drawing for sure. Yeah. But so Brian Yan just shared that. And Brian has a question. He said, would you ever think about creating a backstory to some of these characters? Um, I've, I did do a, this was a completely different, like kind of side note, but I, I had started doing like a, a little bit of a web comic a while back. It was called, um, domestic Yeti. And that was kind of based on somebody asking about like, well, what do these cats do? And it was essentially <laughs> a, a Yeti, um, who had domesticated himself from the wild and, decided to room up with this cat named Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And they had these crazy adventures together. And I just, I, that was kind of, somebody was like, well, what, what did the, this Yeti and this cat have anything in common or why would they want to hang out? So then I think I did, I think I did like 25 or 30 strips kind of thing of it. And it's that still lives at uh, I think it's domesticyeti.com. He so, said yeah. it was thirty six. You made thirty six of these. Oh, 36. Brian is right. on top. He is like nice. my Vanna, and he's amazing. amazing. Better looking than Vanna, I think. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, now we're still on number two. So I want to make sure <laughs> that you're helping me some, and other sure. people who are like me that want to be like you. So, what do you have any tips for beginners? Somebody. Um, 
I know sometimes it's hard when you've started really early, but when you're creating a character or when you're creating things, what, what are things that maybe you had to say to yourself early on to keep you going or anything, any tips you would give me? Um, I don't, I guess one of the, if one of my favorite things is just like be influenced like all the time, mm. just like look at other artists or like if you're watching a cartoon, you have the first question that should pop into your head is just like, who's that artist? Like, what are the things that he does? Mm. Um, even like character design, like if there's something that, that you think is really interesting, jump on it and like kind of dig into the roots of it and figure out who did it. Like feel free to draw everything that they like, or just like mimic what they've been doing, but maybe think of a character on your own. And sometimes if like, to be honest, like sometimes when I'm thinking of characters, very mad lib, right? We're like, what if a monkey (laughs) was an astronaut with a, and then you do that kind of thing. Um, so like, just think of a, maybe a Mad Lib and then try and mimic that person's mm-hmm. style. And, and eventually you, you're going to find nuances of that style that you're like, I really like this piece, but you know what I could do without the rest and maybe I'll, I'll be influenced by something else and just draw all the time. Cause you're, you're not going to develop a style, um, or a love for your, your own style unless you just kind of keep doing it. And then like most artists a week goes by and you'll you'll hate it <laughs> so it's uh it's just one of those things all right so we have a couple more questions from the audience sure. so um brian white who i love uh he asked have you ever drawn in large format before doing ink wars or the bentley at creative south yeah i've done um a few um murals for startups in the kind of toronto area uh, I've done some larger pieces before and I've done some other kind of like ink wars style canvases. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I'd like it, but it, every time a large format piece comes up, it, it's like the most intimidating thing ever because it's not like you can just be like, okay, I'm going to draw this thing. There's so much more planning involved. Yeah. Um, and like just to make sure things are somewhat in proportion, even though maybe I don't necessarily go by the standards of proportion. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, Alan asked, what do you, what would, bleh, would you say your style is influenced by screen printing? You definitely do have some screen mm-hmm. or, or even woodcut kind of a feel yeah. um, because some of the illustrations have a woodcut effect to them. He says, great question. Uh, Alan. Uh, yeah, totally. Silk screen is, kind of my my everything i love poster art i love printmaking i love all that kind of stuff and that's kind of the one um i guess constraint i give myself in almost every piece is like okay if this was to be a three color silk screen how would i make this work mm. um and that's why i'll notice that there's pretty immune, like um limited color palette throughout all my work um that's just because i would like it to maybe be a t-shirt at some point or if i was to vectorize it i would like less moving parts (laughs) so um yeah you're definitely thinking about it from a designer's point of view so you're thinking about that Mm -hmm. long game but actually controlling your number of colors or controlling the thickness of that line weight Mm -hmm. uh, the smallest line weight is super smart because it can go. So you are thinking about all those things that would 
make it into a t-shirt or a poster mm-hmm. or something else in the future. So that's smart. Yeah. So how many things, because you seem pretty prolific to me, how many things that oh, do you, you make, <laughs> do you create that don't make it on social, uh, to your social media feed? Um, and like, how often are you drawing? Are you drawing every night when you are watching TV with your wife? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, usually I, I'll draw for like um, anywhere between an hour to like three hours a night. Um, and that's just like if we're watching TV and my daughter goes down um, like early, then we have many hours. If she takes a little while to go to sleep, then I don't have as much time. So sometimes that's another constraint where I'm like, I want to put something up on social media tonight. What can I get done in half an hour? Mm. What can I get done in an hour? Um, Or just to kind of keep the feed going, I'll take something from the archives and and put it on. So Um, then I, are you pushing out? Um, Cause sometimes, I mean, a lot of them seem finished and colored. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you drawing on paper or does it just, does it just change? Do you change up? Like you, sometimes you mm-hmm. draw on the iPad and then sometimes you draw on paper. Uh, I think this also speaks to my, I guess, self diagnosed ADD kind of thing where I just, I need to be switching it up or I get mm. extremely bored. <laughs> um, so I'll be like, I'll buy a new brush pen and then I'll use that for a month and I'll, I'll get on the iPad and I'll use it for a little bit. Um, but I don't want to marry myself to like any particular medium because mm-hmm. I find by constraining yourself, um, like it's the constraints of each of the tools. Like you, you learn how to use them in very different ways mm-hmm. And it's, it just, you can get some such interesting results. And a lot of times when you're exploring many different mediums, you bring those learnings into the other mediums. And it's just this constant kind of learning that I really enjoy. So what kind of things are you still learning? And then where do you go to learn them? Learning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like with the iPad Pro, like with Procreate, you at first were not a fan. And um, mm-hmm. you had written some stuff where you had not been, this was not, and then you found Procreate, $6, right? You have a mm-hmm. good a blog post about why this is maybe a better solution than maybe the Wacom Cintiq. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess I guess it's just a, a constant curiosity. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not like a go anywhere. It's that I... I see maybe a post that somebody puts up where they're like, I'm drawing on the iPad all the time. And then I just sit there. I'm like, I wonder what that's like. (laughs) And then um, it's very convenient that I work at, at Shopify because we have a device library that I can, I don't have to shell out um, like $1,200 for an iPad. I can just like borrow the one from the office, try it out for a month kind of thing. And then um, see if I even want to get one for myself and then I might like I have a uh, like a Wacom Cintiq beside me. Like if I see somebody doing interesting things, like for instance, like brushes that have really cool, um, mm. I guess techniques to them, I might be like, "Where did he get that?" Or like, "Where did she get that?" Or how do I find this out? And then I go down a whole different mm. whirlwind of looking for new tools on my Wacom, and it's learning is it's I think it's just a curiosity bug that that you have to have (laughs) so jason says uh jason craig asked device library and i don't know what that means do you know sorry um so we that's an internal term but 
device library is because we're a, um, a software company, you have like every iteration of iPhone, iPad, um, so you can test <laughs> the software on. So right, I get it now. But he's uh, so again, <laughs> you're doing um, UX UI stuff mainly mm -hmm. at Shopify, and I said yeah. it correctly still. <laughs> and he's in Toronto, so he's in Canada. People, um, not that the time difference. Yeah. He's Eastern I'm, time. I'm Go actually ahead. in the Waterloo office, but that's that's a side note thing that. <laughs> <laughs> But you're actually at home. You work some days at home, which mm -hmm. we're going to get into in a second. So sure. Jason Craig, I just have to read it because he said it was funny and he's hilarious. He said, <laughs> yes. he said that we all have one next to our Adobe shed and on our Mac bin. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think, I think it's funny. So, yeah. but you were able to kind of play and see before you had to really invest, um, mm -hmm. which I think is good. So one thing I get is don't constrain yourself to one medium keep changing it mm -hmm. up, um, do it regularly. I yeah. think those would be tips you would give me. Um, and then always be looking and always be curious. If you go down a rabbit hole, go down it, try it, yeah. see, see if you, <laughs> there's something that you like eat. Yeah. Know when to get out though. Mm. <laughs> don't, okay. Don't go too far down because sometimes it might be a dead end. So. so do you keep a sketchbook going? Or are you doing like flimsy sheets of paper? Yeah, no. Well, uh, I, I kind of, carry around it's like a thicker stock um it's like a um i guess a, a pen and ink pad mm -hmm. it's a little bit thicker than sketchbook paper but i've i love sketchbooks i just it's something about that tactile like harder card stock and drawing on it and i try and if you see my pages usually <laughs> there's like six or seven drawings on one side then i like flip it over and i do the same thing and i just kind of go to town because my frugalness makes me utilize <laughs> this piece of paper as much as I possibly can. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, all right. So, um, Alan also asked about social media. So he said, when did you notice that your characters were starting, starting to take off on social media? Um, it, it actually happened, uh, a little bit sooner than I originally, like, for instance, I got on Instagram pretty early. And I was like everybody else trying to figure out what the heck to do with this thing. And I was taking pictures of my food um, because that's what everybody did when they first got Instagram. And then I was just like, no, like I do this, I draw all the time. Why am I not doing that? So then I start, I am like flipped the switch on my account and just made, told myself only art because I want this to be like a promotional thing. And then right when I started to, focus in one direction and kind of not add in my personal kind of life mm -hmm. things it just it seemed to get noticed a lot faster and i think i think it's like it's because it's curated at that point right right well it's were not... you using hashtags were you doing anything oh or... yeah I, okay. I abuse hashtags <laughs> way too much i think that really helps though to get found um, Definitely, in the beginning yeah. um and you also have to be like you're using that curious nature that you were talking about to kind of investigate what other people are doing that are mm -hmm. having success and yeah. then being able I've to kind of I've read numerous blog posts on like the the hashtags you should use if you're an artist and all this kind of stuff again you can go down that rabbit hole or you can you can find out a place to stop and like I I haven't looked at it in a long time I'm sure the rules have changed and I'm just again abusing it <laughs> so, I think it's fine I think mm -hmm. I think you're 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 fine I 
you're not abusing. You're just <laughs> helping people find you. So Brian Yan asked a question. And he also has two kids. His are a little bit older than yours. But do you mm -hmm. have personal social accounts also? No, I... I like to leave my kind of personal life kind of to myself and like my wife and I, we go out on our day trips, all that kind of stuff. And we keep the the child out of it. We're, we're very much like we don't put pictures of our daughter on, on any kind of social media. Or you don't even like have that. you on social yeah, media, exactly. right? Like your so, face. So um, <laughs> you probably I don't know what that is. I'd, <laughs> maybe I've been reading too many conspiracy theory uh <laughs> big brothers watching you things but i don't know why <laughs> i have this feel i have this um i have a pretty creative event or my imagination can be a little crazy and i have this um imagine i imagine in your house there's no mirrors because you don't want to see your face <laughs> anyway that's that's a, a good visual to have though. that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get back to how many how much time um, and now maybe, I don't know if you're sketching at work or not, um, but how much time during the day or during the week, because you might not be able to put a time on just one day, do you spend getting inspired and drawing inspiration from others? Now, this could be necessarily for work or it could be some like characters or mm -hmm. ideas or illustrations. Uh, well, I get my work definitely allows me to like, there, like, especially with user experience design and all that, there is like usually a heavy exploration period mm -hmm. and from that you're gonna do a lot of like grabbing inspirational uh kind of totems to work from or whatever pieces you can find right. throughout um but then in my personal life it's it's really just a if i sit down in front of the tv and like i'm thinking like i don't have an idea it's not hard to just I open open up my favorite app in the world is Pinterest and mm -hmm. I open up Pinterest and I just do maybe a generic character search or a generic search like character illustration mm -hmm. and then I do like a quick scroll up and I look and I'm like hmm I have some ideas now and then like I, it'll probably be maybe five minutes kind of thing because I also don't want to be too influenced because mm. um, I just, I don't want to look like I'm drawing somebody else's thing. Right. Um, so it, it, it just depends. I love Pinterest though. Even something as I went down this, an, another rabbit hole talk, but I went down this whole thing where I was just looking up like abandoned cabins in the woods for like days. I don't know why. <laughs> um, just because I love that like decrepit, uh, mm. I guess it's decrepit, but it's also kind of lonesome, mm. but like injecting a cute character in that kind of scene is so another interesting idea to me. Cause you're like, what is he doing all alone out here? Um, I just, there's something about that. So, yeah. I like that idea. It's, it's this juxtaposition. It's these cute things in these odd situations, I think. Um, yeah. so I'm looking at the chat. <laughs> Jason, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jason Frost Holmes said the Unabomber did that too. <laughs> anyway, I think that's funny. Different different purposes. Come on. Right. So go-to spot would be Pinterest. Um, I Yeah, I love Pinterest so, so much. That There's was, just so much to get out of that. That was the one thing that you didn't share your link with. So how can people follow you on Pinterest? Oh, I, I you don't. You don't let anybody up, follow No, no. <laughs> No, I, I I guess you can just search jetpacks and roller skates. I'm pretty okay. sure it's on there. But uh, I I put things. I I'll sometimes put my own stuff on there, but mostly it's just a resource for me to 
just stack up boards and boards of things that I think are really cool looking and also home renovation ideas. <laughs> so that's where we get any personal things is the home renovation ideas. There you go. Probably. Yeah. So um, with, and so this is a question just about Pinterest. I love Pinterest also, but I also don't use it maybe the way Pinterest wants me to. I'm not always mm -hmm. pinning things and going back. Do you go back to your boards often? Uh, not the home renovation ones. No, no. Um, yeah, I don't do much home renovation anyways. So. <laughs> um, no, it's more, I guess I'll just go down these. Uh, I'll, I'll have these moments where I'll be sitting like in bed early in the morning, just kind of like waking up. And sometimes I will open up Pinterest and just do a like crazy 50 pins. And uh, that I don't have enough time to actually look at what's happening on there. I just am like, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And then I, if I do want to be influenced by any of those things, I do have to review it later at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely something that I don't like. There is moments where I just kind of blindly pin and then it's just useless if I don't go back. So. It's called Jetpack Scraps. Amy found it. Thank you, Amy. Scraps. Is that you or no, you don't, I think, don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe not. We'll let you... <laughs> you um let us all right i'm gonna ask the next question sure um uh do you have a mentor or someone that you look up to that has deeply inspired you and continues to inspire you um even after many years mm -hmm. and we we did chat about this uh the other day and i'm i I think my, my answer is still the same, but I, I feel like I could just rattle off for days about something like this because I, I think my answer then was I watch a lot of YouTube of artists that I like or I go down like Pinterest or I'm reading blog posts about like artists that I find very influential. Um, and I consider them maybe all a little bit of like a mentor kind of thing because mm. the great thing about the internet now is that people have a voice and they can put up articles or speed drawing or like actual tool tips. You can go to Skillshare. Like I don't actually have to know half of these people to consider them like almost mentors in a way because I sit there and I'm like, thank you for all this information. Right. Um, because I, if I went to find that information, I would have failed a number of times and they, they found a somewhat of a, a direct path to a solution. And it's, it's just very cool to, to know that we have this resource now. Like when I was growing up, this didn't exist. And mm -hmm. like, it's just so cool. There's, there is almost like a path that you can trace to success to a degree because there's so many people that you can just see what they have done already. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. So let's tell people a little bit that you are doing jetpacks and roller skates as a side project. Um, do you consider yourself a planner? Because it sounds like we talked a little bit about doing the big things. You really have to plan things out. Um, so if you, do you consider yourself a planner? Um, and I, yeah, I, I would say I consider myself a planner, but it's maybe just not structured plans um, in the sense of like, I may plan out like six months from now, I want to do these things. Mm -hmm. That's where the plan goes. <laughs> it's not necessarily like I've, I've built every step into how that thing's going to get done. And most of those things probably aren't going to get done. And I have to be comfortable with that. Right. But um, I think it's just 
any type of goal setting or like wanting to achieve something, I think you, it's kind of something you have to have, or like, where's, where's the carrot at the end of the stick? Like what, why, what do you, what are you going to get out of it if you don't like try and achieve a goal at some point? So um, it's a little haphazard for sure. Um, Like it might be as, as open as like, I want to do a craft show in the next six months or or like I want to be part of an art gallery show in the next six months. And then at least it gets the, the wheels turning as to like, okay, I, now I know that that's a goal. I can now kind of like backtrack the steps to get there and I can maybe reach out to some people that I know or I don't know. And the worst thing they could do is say no. Um, and then I'm back at where I was, so it doesn't actually matter. So right. yeah, it, if you don't set goals, then you can't do anything. And I am going to connect you with Brian White, who's he, who's he is here. So Brian, I'm going to send you an email just so you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what whoop goals are. Do you know what that is? W H O O P. No, I like his answer. Look it up. (laughs) Okay, we will. Um, Maybe Brian Yan can look it up for me really quick Um, since Jason Craig's holding it tight. Okay, so I know you do some freelance work Mm -hmm. um, on top of your day job creating and creating these cute characters. So how do you know if a project is right for you or if it's not the right fit? Because I think this is a huge thing that all freelancers or people who are working side jobs Mm -hmm. or side projects or whatever are figuring it out. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I might be a little bit more, um, I guess blessed than, than the uh, most people. Cause like I get a lot of really interesting jobs that come my way. And I think that has a lot to do with social media and kind of the cute things I put out there and like the, the characters I make and all that. So a lot of, that work kind of comes in return. So as long as it's something that I think um, progresses me as an artist or like gets my artwork in front of more people, that's, that's how I look at it. I don't really take on as many um, kind of the, the classic freelance jobs that I may have in the past where like somebody might be like, do you want to do a brochure design? I, that's something I might, put off to the side. I've done that for years. I know, I know how to do some brochure design, but if somebody's like, Hey, we would like to, I don't know, have a mural on the side of this bus, or we would like to do a bunch of skateboard decks or, um, an album cover or something like that. Like those are, I I usually, when the cool projects come in, I'm always like, yes, yes, please. Let's, let's have more of that. And as long as it's it's interesting enough for me, then I'm mm. I'm totally on board. So kind of so. the challenge is what's important to you. Maybe something you haven't done that you maybe always wanted to do, or a like a skateboard deck where you can always yep. be creating new things, and it's a passion that you yeah you also yeah have. Pa- passion drives me is so much now just because like I do have a day job, so I don't have to to worry about like income coming in. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. Very much, I can kind of do what I, I want to do. So, just so you know, I think Whoop um, it, and Jason Craig said it was W O O P mylife.org. And uh, uh, J- Brian Yan said it's, he thinks it's wish, outcome, obstacle, and plan. So, oh, yeah. 
um, and then Jason said that, uh, and he said that was that was true. <laughs> that was it was just as long as somebody looked it up. And um, Jason also gave us this uh, book, Rethinking Positive thinking, science, motivation. He says, this sounds a lot like what Blake does. So it would be something for everybody to kind of look into, I guess, because he's an awesome reader. He's super smart. All right. So I'm going to trust him there. So how do you, what, I asked you a question. I was like, well, so what if somebody wants my cute little blue character that's playing the video games with the underbite? I don't know Mm -hmm. what his name is, but he's mine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know he's not, but he's the one I connect (laughs) to the most. Yeah. Not that I have an underbite, but he's just super cute. Yep. Um, so say somebody wanted him on a beer label, what would something, what would be for sure that you would include in your contract about him? Uh, so this is something that I've, I've learned over the years. Um, and it's, it's more or less like trying, and I think you have, to, you have to really love what you do to almost keep it, hold it close to yourself. So it's, it's just injecting things like, so if I am doing a character for, say, the beer, a beer label or like for a poster or it's something that's going to represent another brand and I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I kind of really like that character and I would like to use him again because it is my style. And if it happens to be like a general character, like a squirrel or something. I would like to reuse my version of a squirrel at some point. So I usually put in things like you can use my character in the specific medium that I have made the piece for or something like that. And then we can negotiate some kind of, um, I guess, expanding the license of that character at some point. But that's another that's another fee kind of thing. That's We have to talk about that later because that wasn't in the initial scope. Or if they do want something like outright, I am creating an actual character that they want to move forward with. I would then do a whole like contract around like them owning that character entirely. And that is a a much bigger sum of money that will then a a lot of people don't necessarily want to go down that path unless you, you start talking to like bigger corporations or something. Mm -hmm. Well, cause you had said the other day, it was kind of like selling your kid, somebody that you're close to and it's somebody that you've created and you really don't want to necessarily sell it. So sometimes you even do a time frame that they're able to use the, Mm -hmm. the stuff, the character for. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting with illustration where with design, like you, you, because design's a little bit more of a utility thing, like where you're making something like say a brochure or a book design or something like that. Um, it's with illustration, it's almost like likeness of an, an actor or something like that, because you're actually creating a, something that has life and, and is um, kind of its own entity. So it's a lot easier to kind of put I guess a number or a contract together for something like that because it's, it's not as general as doing design work almost. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. All right. So we kind of talked about this already, um, but do you think that I I think I know the answer to this, but do you think (laughs) your style is still evolving and still developing? Yeah, I, it changes, I think. Well, I would say it changes daily, <laughs> but n- nobody else notices. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I've, I'm always like through the experimentation or like getting influence and all that kind of 
stuff, you're going to like find nuances of other characters that you're like, Hey, that's really Mm -hmm. cool. Like what if I tried to do this kind of particular button nose on my character? What would that look like? Or what if he had, or she had like a giant gut or something like that from like a Garfield esque gut or something like that. Um, so it's, it's just always kind of experimenting and that's a really cool thing about character design is it's just, it's almost endless, the amount of things that you can kind of pile on to your characters. So I don't know if you ever answered this question earlier. I was just thinking about it. I'm imagining you drawing all these characters on this piece of paper because you're mm-hmm. thrifty. I'm thrifty <laughs> yeah. too. So I'm, I'm with you on that. So then which ones don't end up on social media? Like, do you? Oh yeah. I didn't answer that one. Um, <laughs> I, um, most of them do. There's like a few that are like scribbles or like I'm trying out a, a slightly different eye style and maybe it didn't work or like in my mind it didn't work mm-hmm. and I might toss that kind of aside or it's like a little scribble up in the top right hand corner of this page that's constantly <laughs> building right. out. Um, or like I'll try out a smile and maybe it's an overbite opposed to an underbite and I just didn't like the way it, it worked out. So it's it's really all there's a lot of experimentation all the time so so i'm gonna skip ahead and i want to ask you about do you ever make anything ugly so things that don't work um maybe not on purpose like because you're probably your ugly things are probably super cute too right but um but that's (laughs) honestly one of my biggest fears is just making something ugly and it actually stops me from creating um Mm. And I just always wonder if my heroes make ugly things too. And they, and that they just not like you're making it ugly on purpose, but like you're making it and you're like, no, that's ugly. That's terrible. And then you do the big X in your sketchbook or maybe you don't X it anymore, but you just keep going. Uh, some, to be honest, sometimes I, if, if I think it's ugly, sometimes I, I'll, I'll throw it out there if again I, we talked about this before but the the social media addiction where like you get you post up things and it becomes a routine and you get the likes all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff sometimes if if I didn't come up with something that I was truly happy with I might just be like you know what it it I was trying something new like there's no harm in posting it like it's fine and sometimes there are things that like take off way more than I ever thought they were going to. Like they got way more likes um, than another thing that I put up. And I'm just like, what, what is, why is this more popular than the other thing? Because in my mind, I think it's awful, but it's just throwing out. I like just ideas and kind of constantly feeding that, that wheel that's always spinning. So Alan has another question. One of the problems he faces when doing a series is staying influenced. How do you keep up the consistency? It's a great question. I think that that's just years of drawing. Just um, doing. Yeah. I, I, like I said, uh, even in my evenings, like I, I draw for like an hour to like three hours a night. And I've, I, even when I was in high school, I, probably drew for six hours a day because I didn't pay attention. I'll tell you that. Um, so I was, I was the kid at the back of the class just drawing and eventually got noticed and people were kind of, I feel like the teachers were kind of fine with it at one point where they're just like, you know what? He's really into this and he, he does 
some of the work. So that's all we can give them. So, so you had said um, to me that one of the ways you re-energize after a day at work is to do this drawing. And that, mm-hmm. that's still something that I think, again, that comes with that practice every day, but it's also a way you got to re-energize you and you got to know what does mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, yeah, I stand by that uh, all the time. Like I think if you're a creative person, um, even if you have a creative job, I think you have to like give yourself you time. It's, mm it's drawing for me is like the, that Zen moment where I can just like let everything go and just relax for the end of the day kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. it, it allows me, it's when I'm, I think I'm my most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, it just gives me more ideas and motivates me to keep going. Um, And it's, it's just that thing. It's, it's kind of my, my rock for being creative kind of thing. Mm. So, consistency keep doing it don't give up even if you make something ugly maybe put it out there those are all good tips for um for and keep developing your style and actually you're starting first thing in the morning sometimes and then you're doing it all day long because for because fortunately where you work you're able to continually be looking at things and exploration is part of your job so that's Mm -hmm. um a really good kind of another tip. Um, all right. So this is a question I ask everybody because we only have six minutes left. Um, what would you tell your younger self to do differently if you could go back in time and then how far back would you go? Yeah, this is a, this is a very hard question. Um, I, I did, I, we talked about it the other day and I'm like, I'm, you blocked it out because you didn't want to answer it out, Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I would just, maybe kind of like some fast I don't, well that's not true like I don't know I feel like I learned a lot along the way like I don't mm. maybe just not be so hung up on like what people think and just be does it just sounds so cliche <laughs> just like just don't get hung up on your own thing and like be yourself like it I that's what made me like despite the fact that I said like copy people and do the things that they do and all that but like eventually it allows you to find your own style mm-hmm. or your own voice. Um, so even though you're doing that, eventually you're going to get tired of copying other people and you're going to want to do your own thing. And I think through that, it just enforces a, cer- a certain type of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I would change anything. It's to be honest, I, I, I kind of went in the direction that I, like I, I really enjoy what I do. <laughs> on both ends of the spectrum, like at work and when I come home. So that's great. All right. So what's next for you? Um, tell us how, well, I'm going to ask you one question you have a, uh, on your blog, which <laughs> your website is jet packs with an S and the spell it out. A and D roller skates also with an S.com. Mm-hmm. And you have a blog and you ask, you interview people and you ask them five questions and you say they're not creative questions. Um, <laughs> I think I read almost all of them, but oh, you cool. also said um, you always ask if they like pancakes or waffles. <laughs> so what do is I it for you? always ask that or is it? I th- uh, well, almost I, you ask think- it a lot. Do I? Yes. <laughs> I, I try I try and um make I think I asked one like what's your favorite dinosaur or something like that. I that's where the one creative question comes in, but usually it's a very general like how how did you get here kind of thing. Right, like, right. Um 
but yeah, because I'm talking to creatives, I like to mess mess around with it a little bit. But like, it's definitely the answer for me is definitely waffle. Um, <laughs> pancakes are just like they don't they don't hold the flavors that you can really? put on top of them. Mm. Waffles are just little cups of like flavor pockets. I don't Brian, I don't even understand why pancakes exist to be honest. <laughs> Brian Yan says a waffle is like a pancake with a syrup trap. That's right. That is perfect. That I is... That being said, being a Canadian and um <laughs> a pancakes and syrup I think are like one of the staple things, <laughs> but I, I'm just not a pancake fan, unless they're the thin ones. Those, so crepes. do you, when people say pancake, do you kind of like lose a little bit of uh, respect for them? <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> unless they say crepes, that's a different, that is, that is a, a, the chameleon of pancakes. It just, a, it adapts to whatever, <laughs> whatever you do with it. All right, so what's next for you? Where and where can people find you? Um, I, uh, I'm i going to uh, put all your links up in a second, but um, what's next? Yeah, um, I guess just kind of searching for what's next. It's It's very much like me seeing interesting people that I think are doing cool things and then somehow trying to help see if there's a need for me to like help them out or if I have an idea that I think I could help them out. Um, I just kind of reach out and say like, hey, can we work together? What do you think? Um, and it's usually very interest-based. Like it might be a skateboard company. It might be um, a comedian or something like that. Like I don't, because I have the luxury of mm. kind of doing whatever I want with my, my jetpacks and roller skates thing, I try and make it as whatever I want as I can be like it, it's got to be all about me at this point and that sounds very selfish when I say it out loud <laughs> no I think I think that's I think that's good and I think that that's a that's a the beauty of working a full-time job and then doing your side project can mm -hmm. really just be about you and about what you want and it's the choices that you make so I think that's really <laughs> good so let me read the places for people to go to find you just in case anybody's listening listening on iTunes um Perfect or whatever, podcasting, whatever. <laughs> so jetpacksandrollerskates.com. You can also find them on Instagram at jetpacksandrollerskates. Um, on YouTube, you also do some YouTube um, yep. uh, process videos, so definitely want to check that out um, at uh, youtube.com slash C slash jetpacks and roller skates. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's because it's a channel, so uh, yeah, the right. C means channel. Okay. And then um, Twitter, you can find him. This is the only place really that, well, no, Dribble. Dribble with three Bs for people who don't know about mm -hmm. Dribble. And um, Twitter is Blake Stevenson, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N. -E -E and then Facebook, Jetpacks, and then an X, Roller Skates. So mm -hmm. I think that's everything. So I am so glad that you were able to um, – we were all able to come early next week. I think it'll be regular time, two thirty Eastern, eleven thirty Pacific. But I'm glad because um, it worked out for me too, Blake. So yeah, this was awesome. Thank you for accommodating my schedule. Of course, we are very flexible here. We like to just make sure that we are able to see our heroes. So I am excited. Um, I sometimes I will take a picture of my little blue monster that I made based off of the guy that I love the most. Um, my blue guy, which I would love it if you had him a name, then I wouldn't have to just call him the blue guy because there's lots mm -hmm. of blue people 
in your <laughs> there is arsenal. a lot of blue people um, blue people's a great color yeah it is. blue blue is a great color it, it's just nice and it, it's kind of like all the colors it's great <laughs> it is it is great so um just so you know you can always check me out and follow me on instagram and twitter at design recharge and then you can always if you have an email you want to email me you want me to interview somebody you can um send me an email at diane at recharging um you can always sign up there and get the link every week um so uh jason Frostholm. And I am not feeling super well, guys, so I'm going to pop it off in a oh. second. So I, I know I don't know why I think I just feel like I could throw up. So I'm super oh, no. sorry that I don't <laughs> feel good. I'm like, okay, I can mute it and go throw up in the trash can if I absolutely have to. But hopefully I'm oh, not no. going to have it. I That's know. Terrible. I, I know. I have just, I think it, I don't know. Anyway, I'm like sweating furiously, which I almost never sweat. So Jason Frostholm wants to know if you're going to WMC Fest this year, which I, of course, already asked you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I am this year unless something uh, changes. I just we've I have a few conferences that I'm trying to get to this year and uh, WMC Fest this is the first time in like five years that I haven't been able to go but I maybe I, it might change I don't know I might just like drive down one day and figure it out so it does seem like it's been going to be very cool this year in the bowling alley though so yeah it I'm super excited it'll be my first year and of course Blake's not going so um <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Doc's not going either. So he oh, feels no. he's the same sort of case. But it's okay. We all, um, I'm very glad that I got to meet you super fast. And I do have a picture with you. Um, two pictures. Oh, yeah. One is a funny face and one's a, a regular face. Um so it was, was it was really fun and it was really cool to to meet you too. It's like I I've watched the show and it was just so cool to to meet you in in person too. It, 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 Creative South is such a cool event, and I'm so glad that I got to finally go um, and meet a lot of people that I have talked to online uh, for years. Jason, uh, Doc, um, and uh, Jason Craig as well. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's it's just pretty cool to to have that community and such a friendly community. It's very cool. It is. Well, Blake, thank you so much, and. Um, Everybody, I'm so glad to be back, and I will be seeing you next week with Von Glitchka, so another illustrator, the, another hero for me, so a Blake, but thank you so much. I'm Keep making cute characters, and thank you for inspiring me and, and encouraging me to keep, keep at it. Thanks for having me on the show, Dan. Okay, see y'all next week.